0: The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Malcolm X said those words in 1962, and they are so true today in 2021. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blacadian universe. Uh, This week has been a difficult one for me as a black woman. Um, Starting with the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry, Oprah interview, Um, it's been triggering and it's just been a constant reminder of just how the world sees me as a black woman and um it's yeah it's been (laughs) it's been you know it's been a tough week and I think it resonated so much with a lot of people um black women because it was speaking our truths in a very eloquent um and honest and um powerful way I think you know I've read so much about it over the last week and I think um, you know people there's been critics of what they've done um, you know by coming out and sort of discussing these issues um, but I think what makes it so important that they did do this um regardless of you know if you think they should or shouldn't i i think it was important that they did because it showed um a very common experience for you know people that aren't you know celebrities or um you know wealthy that they were still um subjected to a very old, um, dehumanizing force of racism. And, you know, even with all the privileges that we perceive that they have, that they weren't safe from it. And they have those things, they have the wealth, they have the, you know, um, you know, ability to just sort of leave this institution and everything behind, and they could have just, you know, sort of disappeared quietly, but they chose to come out and shed light on it and educate people. And for some people, this is the first time they are going to be thinking these thoughts and having these conversations, um, in, you know, with themselves and challenging some of their notions and beliefs. And I think, um, it was very brave of them to do that to they're trying basically they're trying to do good they're trying to do the right thing and I think it speaks to their character that they're um trying to use their platform to make people aware that this can this is still happening this can happen to anybody even to people that have you know using air quotes here quote-unquote have it all and you know they could still have devastating feel the devastating effects of Um, racism. So I think what really resonated with me, and of course I'm by no means a royal watcher, um, but I did pay attention to when the royal wedding was taking place and there was a lot of anger um, going on. And what people didn't understand was why they felt so angry why they were um feeling <laughs> so uncomfortable with this idea that uh, a prince was marrying a biracial black woman and it's because they have been trained you know i've mentioned this before there's this um ingrained inherent training that every person uh, in a colonized society goes through where you devalue black lives and even you know the best most liberal people there's a ranking a hierarchy that you go through and you have to work to unlearn it to recognize it in yourself and actively fight against it you have to it's the difference between being like oh you know i have no problem with it to being actively anti-racist you have to fight it it's everywhere you are getting uh, just bombarded with these images every time you go to the grocery store (laughs) you you know watch tv you watch a movie you read a book you go to your workplace you know, everything in our society is designed to put white people at the top of this human humanity hierarchy. And if you are not recognizing it and checking it, you know, you aren't doing the work of being anti-racist. And so I think people that just are like, you know, I have no problem with black people um, when they see... Um, You know, they saw Meghan Markle and Prince Harry together. They felt uncomfortable with it because something deep within themselves and they aren't even sure why. And they aren't in the practice of questioning these feelings told them that it was wrong. And, you know, when they see or read images of people confirming what they thought, um, you know, part of them wanted to believe that it wasn't so wrong because other people felt like them it's that um unconditioned you know sort of response we know we've been in the practice of hundreds of hundreds of years um we've become experts in this act of dehumanizing black lives and we've only recently started to turn our minds to getting out of that practice and it takes time and it takes a lot of work and we're not even close to being there yet and so um I feel like that was what was happening and it was okay to attack her and there was also this notion if you weren't attacking her you know you're like okay that's not right but there was this idea that she was lucky to be um marrying him it wasn't a matter of oh they're in love isn't this wonderful he chose her it was she's so lucky because she's you know um not just because she's becoming a princess it's different than you know um you know kate middleton it was she's you know really coming up she's so out of her league because she has you know she's biracial let's be honest that's what it was and um just it's a lot to um (laughs) to contend with and so of course you think that there would be this acceptance in your family that you could be have the safe space to be yourself your true full self and to find that that isn't the case in your family it would be incredibly difficult it would be incredibly difficult You know to not have that support and to to realize that your safe space isn't so safe and I think that's something that black women unfortunately you know come to expect in a lot of places because we're so devalued and dehumanized there's understanding that our lives aren't as value valuable as white women's lives you know the movement of feminism excluded black women's lives from that movement It it's it wasn't you know, we talk about all women in these movements, but black feminism and white feminism is so different because there's still so many basic rights that black women are fighting for and being seen as full, capable beings is still on our list where we I, I I mentioned, you know, with Meg The Stallion, where we can get injured and shot and it's not like a joke and a meme on social media you know what i mean like there's nothing funny about that where someone can see that you know um we don't deserve violence against us that we you know deserve equal medical attention that we're not you know some sort of superheroes that can take and extraordinary amount of pain you know so we're not dying in childbirth at higher rates that um, we're not sexually assaulted at higher rates you know these are the kinds of things that we're still fighting for that we can sleep in our homes and not be murdered and then you know There isn't some waffling debate about who was in the right and who was in the wrong. Um, you know, these are the kinds of basic rights that black women are still fighting for in 2021. So another, um, event, I guess, for lack of a better word, that happened this week that really disturbed me was this, um, I guess, meltdown, I don't know what to call it, except a racist rant um, with um, Sharon Osbourne and Cheryl Underwood. And it was textbook, white lady tears, um, white fragility, um just working its magic. And if you are a white woman and you feel like your feelings are hurt, it does not give you permission to act and do uh whatever you want to do. I think. Um I think that is (laughs) something that a lot of people are going to have a issue with, but it is facts. So as a black woman, if my feelings are hurt, I have no power to cry, to be angry about it or, you know, act in any of the ways that um, Sharon Osbourne did. Um, because someone, you know, said something about her, I can't be angry, I can't be accusatory, I can't point my finger in somebody's face. Um, we've all, you know, heard about the angry black woman stereotype. And you're damn right I'm angry, because I am the most unprotected, undervalued uh, person in, you know, society. So what do I have to be angry about? A whole lot, actually, a whole bloody lot <laughs> Um And, you know, but I don't have the... I I don't have the protection to act the way that she did um, because uh, I wouldn't be supported. I would be in trouble. In some cases, my life would be in danger. In some cases, you know, I just cannot react that way. And so when we talk about white fragility, and I know people get really upset about that term, um, it's a a true one. It's meant to be, um, I guess, sort of, You know sensationalizing the term or sort of you know rubbing you just a little bit the wrong way if you're white because it's a term that you know black people understand very um well just like you know white lady tears if i said that to another black person they know exactly what i'm talking about and it's also this concept of white fragility um in the sense that if as long as you are personally upset then you can do whatever you want and it's privilege it's basically the privilege of being white you can have these reactions and it was such a dehumanizing and disgusting display of racism um that you know just i have to you know commend uh, cheryl for just sitting through that garbage because um <laughs> it, it it was hard to watch I can't imagine you know sitting there and taking that from someone you thought was a friend an ally um you know by making her you know just everything she was doing just saying like oh explain it to me explain it to me and like don't you dare cry was an act of violence it was deeply troubling that she could strip away her ability to feel and emote and she would never say that to a white woman if you were having an argument with your friend and you know that you both were crying would it end up in like you know some sort of hug or exchange you know there was no exchange there was I'm allowed to dictate to you to condescend to you and my position is the position of rightness and you no longer have a say and i i i um i hope i hope i hope i hope that the people who saw that and recognized anything that they've ever done to a black woman in there can change and learn from that experience because it was so ridiculously over the top textbook I, I would have thought it was like a skit if <laughs> I didn't know it was you know real that you know and you know and scene. this is ha- like uh this is what white lady tears are if someone asked you what are white lady tears and then you know Sharon Osbourne went off like that you would be like all right and scene. that is textbook white lady tears um you know, nothing happened to you there's nothing wrong with you um didn't affect you in any way it's just that your feelings were hurt and you decided to dehumanize a black woman because of it and i talked about this as well just you know in the work that i do you know i'm you know teaching people you know how to be anti-racist and you know these two white women took a week off of work because they were so upset about hearing about some stuff that happened to black people and I, <laughs> I just, you know, I had to laugh or, you know, because I can't cry. And I thought, you know, and I told one of my oldest girlfriends this story and she was like, where she just texted back to me, like, where's my week off? And I was like, right, where is my week off? Because it's just that class, you know, just hearing about something that hurt your feelings, you, you felt entitled to take a week off. And I was like, this is my lived experience every single day. I have to, sometimes the microaggressions I go through in my daily life are ridiculous. And I have to carry on doing my work, doing my meeting, because it's not a safe space for me to say, uh, well, you know, maybe now it is, but I can, you know, I uh, safe space to say, look, you know, someone like wanted to touch my hair. I need a week off. You know, these are like you know, some white lady. I experienced some white lady tears. I need a week off. You know, these are the kinds of things that are not open to me because you know people wouldn't see me as being you know, so fragile that, and so protected, you know, white women are protected in a way that black women are not. And, um, it was just this week has just been a constant reminder of that. Um, Megan Markle with all of her, um, you know, privilege and, uh, perceived privilege I should say and you know she was still um a victim of anti-black racism and watching people react to it and criticize her it was just you know piling on of this idea that she doesn't get to feel upset and sad because she um she can't have those feelings because we don't see her as a woman. You know, if, you know, Kate Middleton came out and said, oh, I had postpartum depression and I was, you know, you know, locked away, people would be like, oh my goodness, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. They would have rallied and supported her. And thank God that, you know, Black people have a voice um, and our voice is getting louder and stronger and our allies are getting stronger to drown out um the backlash that came from that interview but you know the few people that did um you know criticize them they got a lot of attention too much attention and um I uh yeah I feel I've (laughs) I should say that I've gone through I I just wanted to end on you know the fact that anti-black racism is real and anti-black racism against black women um was in full effect (laughs) this week and i usually try and end on a positive note because that's just who i am and i always try and find the positives and i'll be honest uh it's a hard one it's a hard one this week for me to try and see the bright side of this week. It's been draining. It's been a draining week. And just a reminder of how much the world hates black women. So I can only say that I'm proud. I'm proud of, you know, Cheryl Underwood for (sighs) keeping her resolve in the face of that kind of stupidity. Um, I'm proud of Megan Markle for speaking her truth and I'm proud of everybody who challenged themselves this week to listen, um, to black women and maybe, uh, help themselves through some uncomfortable truths about, you know, why they, um, think the things that they do are, um feel the way that they do about black women and I encourage everyone to get out of your comfort zones more, um, read everything you can about black women um, and yeah, I think that's, <laughs> oh gosh, I think that's as positive as I'm going to get on this one. I think I'm proud this week to be a Black woman. Always, always, always love being a Black woman. But I'm, um, as hard as it is, I wouldn't want to be in any other skin. So thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time.